Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm author and publisher Tracy L. Slatten. It's my belief that the most interesting, creative, and original voices today are heard outside of the big corporations, studios, and galleries. Individuals of courage, inspiration, and vision are seizing the opportunities to create and promote their art themselves. I'm here to support them and to bring their stories to you. On this show, I'll interview independent artists of all kinds, unusual thinkers, and even some healers about their process. How do they do it? How do they start with an idea and bring it to life in the world? This show intends to illuminate the journey. Feel free to call in to 516-453-6052 with questions or live chat with me at blogtalkradio.com slash independentartistthinkers. Great to have you with us. Tracy Slatten of Independent Artists and Thinkers. I'm so happy to have you on the line today. Um, I was supposed to have a guest, um, Billy Grima, who's a country singer. I guess he's calling in later. So I have called in to my husband, um, Sabin Howard, who's a sculptor. And Sabin will talk to us for a few minutes because he's got some exciting news going on. Um, So I'm very happy are listening. So this is Sabin. Sabin, you want to tell us about the World War One memorial meeting that you oh, had well, yesterday and talk about your um, proposal? I'm sure. Uh, thanks for calling. And uh, yesterday I did a presentation in Washington um, for the committee. And basically this is a culmination of um, a design put together by myself and an architect, um, Joseph Weishar, who is um, uh, joining up forces with an architectural for- firm in Baltimore that has a lot of experience, and um, that's run by Mark Lapointe. Um, that's GWWO Architects out of uh, Baltimore, and so we presented um, the idea, which is a revamping of Pershing Park, with the um, dual concept of having a park as well as a memorial. And in this park, the memorial would consist of an 81-foot-long bronze wall, which is um, an, an enormous size and length, as well as a freestanding sculpture called the Wheels of Humanity, which includes three World War I soldiers at an eight-foot high scale around a cannon. So our idea um, was presented and what we are sharing. Sabin, mm-hmm. why don't you tell my mm-hmm. listeners what the name of your proposal is? It is called the uh, weight of, oh, what is it called? The weight remembrance. of uh, remembrance, yes. And, um, and this, the interesting this proposal mm-hmm. is, part of a contest. It was one of five finalists for a contest 
being held by the World War I Memorial Committee to design a memorial for the Great War, and the memorial will be located in Pershing Park in Washington, D.C. Yeah, yeah, and it, this is fantastic because um, we started out with 360 um, contestants, and now we're down to five, and I think we have a really good chance of um, being accepted as the final um, and winning design. So, and um, what makes what makes Weight of Remembrance special? Why would it be great for um, commemorating the Great War, the World War One? Well, I have my speech right here <laughs> that I read yesterday, and if you want, I can read um, a little uh, two or three sentences from that to, because it's very clear. Is yeah. would that work? Go ahead, and oh. then I think maybe Mr. Grima has called in, so we'll talk to you okay. for another minute or two, and then I'll I'll take okay. him. So I I am truly inspired to create this memorial because I will contribute to people's consciousness and self-reflection and awakening. And the the reason that I'm very proud of what I've done is because this is about the feelings of these soldiers recreated through um, art. And so what I'm really hoping is that the sculpture gets accepted. And so when people come to the memorial, the connectivity and sense of humanity that my sculpture will carry will be carried away with the visitors as they remember um, the art that they just saw. And, and I just want to end by saying that civils are remembered by their arts. And so I designed a sculpture to unify us all around the remembrance of these men and women that served in World War I. That's wonderful. Thank you. I think I'll have you on um, the show Maybe you and the architecture Weishauer to talk about this if you want to coordinate that with him. So thank you yes. for talking to my listeners. I really appreciate it. Okay, very good. Okay, See you bye. later. <laughs> bye bye. Mr. Grima. Hi. Hi, this is Tracy Slatt, and you were a bit late calling in, so I had to. I got started with my husband talking about. Um, a sculpture memorial that he has applied for. So let me just uh, tell listeners kind of my usual introduction, and then I'll get right to you, okay? I apologize. So this is Tracy Slatton hosting Independent Artists and Thinkers, and I'm happy to welcome you to the show. I'm really happy that so many people are listening to the show live and in the archives and in the iTunes podcast channel. I created this show to support those brave souls who are operating outside the structures of the big established corporations. As the intro to the show says, I intend to illuminate the unusual journey and to bring it to you. And I guess I'm lucky because I live with someone who is living the unusual journey, and that's my husband, sculptor Sabin Howard. So he could step in and talk a little bit about some stuff going on for him um, when my guest was running late. So please do call in with questions or comments to 516-453-6052. You can also live chat me at blogtalkradio.com slash independent artist thinkers. Email me in between shows if you'd like to suggest a guest or have me ask questions of a particular guest. You can reach me at tracy at tracylslatin.com. And that's Tracy spelled T-R-A-C-I. And we've got some other fascinating guests coming on. Next week on Thursday, January 14th, author, lecturer, Sanskrit scholar, and Vedic astrologer Drew Lawrence will be on to talk about personal empowerment through meditation, visualization, and the science of light. That'll be interesting. On Thursday, January 28th, attorney 
Stuart Gartner will be on talking about divorce and the battlefield of love. And it's sad, but sometimes that happens to people. So tune in and keep checking the website, independentartistthinkers.com, and the Blog Talk Radio page to find out who will be on this show. I am so delighted today to have country singer Billy Grima on to talk about music as medicine for the soul. Billy Grima is a singer-songwriter living in the Caledon Hills of Ontario, Canada. Born in Australia, Billy started writing at a very young age and was singing in a church choir by the age of eight years old. At 15, Billy moved to Canada and settled in Toronto. Like classic singer-songwriters Billy Joel, Jim Croce, James Taylor, and Bob Dylan, life's daily realities and everyday events are a source of Billy's inspiration. His smooth and soulful sound has earned him comparisons to contemporaries Jason Mraz, Ed Sheeran, Jack Johnson, even Bruno Mars. Billy has three albums to his credit. I'm Just Standing, A Little Piece of Heaven, and his latest called Sugar and Cream, produced and engineered by Pete Swan. Sugar and Cream features a tasty blend of pop, rock, soul, and Americana, including the first single, including the first single, Pleasure to Have Met You. And I have that clip uploaded, so maybe we'll listen to it in a bit. The album is going for worldwide radio ads this spring. Writing a hook or humming a melody is medicine, Grima says. Let Sugar and Cream be the prescription for your perfect playlist. So you can find out more about Billy at billygrima.com, and that's B-I-L-L-Y-G-R-I-M-A.com. Billy, welcome. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me on. Thank you very much. So we'll start with a question that I, I always start with with my guests, and that and it's a big question. So find your way into it and just start talking, and that is, how did you begin your journey, and what has it taken for you to arrive at the place where you are currently? What training did you have? And when did you know you were going to be singing country music? Was music a major presence in your home when you were growing up? What did you think you would be? So talk about your childhood and lead up to now. Well, um, uh, I started singing at the in a choir of about 40 members that were kids um, at, at the age of 8 years old. Um, I um, never took lessons, and what happened was, uh, I I guess when I started singing, I started singing solo, and I really liked it, and um, so uh, something about it just uh, kept me singing, but then um, at about the age of 10, I started taking guitar lessons, and that's when I put the two together, Um, and when I used to go, I used to go take my guitar lesson, and instead, when I got home, instead of me doing my homework, I used to end up trying to write the song with the stuff that I learned. Um, so that's where it all started. I, I love singing. My, my mother always listened to country and western. My father always listened to Buddy Holly and whatnot. And uh, I kind of, uh, that's how I grew up listening. That's what I grew up listening to. Um, at the age of 13, I had my first band in uh, high school in Australia. And then at the age of 15, we came, moved to Canada. And um, I found myself uh, competing with uh, a lot of kids here because uh, there was a lot of people, a lot of musicians. So was that a play catch-up or give up? So uh, I played catch-up, and uh, here I am today, just uh, writing and, uh, you know, loving the passion that I, that I uh, it's absolute passion. So that's what I do, my music. And was there, um, you said you grew up listening to to music. Were either of your parents musicians? Is there anyone in your family who's a musician? No, no. Uh, but, you know, they, my, my parents sing, they, don't, they sing in tune. They don't sing out of tune. So, um, but no, they, none, of, none of them sing or no, they're not musicians. 
And so, what, uh, what did they say when you started singing and started getting a band together when you were a kid? Uh, I had a lot of support. So I guess, uh, you know, they were kind of, when they saw me, because I, I, I wasn't one to just uh, sit there and uh, play covers. I mean, I played covers, but, I mean, my interest was always in writing uh, and playing originals. So um, they kind of liked that. And then when I did my first album and it got a very good response, and my second, and now I'm doing my, I did my third. And uh, it, it's... Uh, it was a little different, but you know, I was always competing, and, and you know, I, I've 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 had my share of doing shows, and they 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 liked it, they liked it. So um, it, it's nice to see that now, finally, you know, it's being played on the radio and uh, getting you know being on radio shows like yours and and you know making things happen. It's, it's people like you that make things happen for me. Um, but it uh, they like. Well, that's it. why you should call in on time. But anyway, actually, is you're right. You're right. I apologize. I totally, totally apologize. And um, where were your first shows? Were they in like honky tonks? Were they at, what kind of concerts did you start doing? Did you play in people's homes? Were you on the wedding and bar mitzvah circuit as a kid? I was actually when I started playing. I was playing a lot in uh, old age homes and uh, nursing homes. That's where it all started, and uh, doing a lot of concerts in the mall. And that's how it used to be. Uh, when I came here, it was all a lot of school school concerts and uh, talent shows and whatnot. That's where it all started. Yeah. And tell me about your very first gig. Where was your first gig? My very first gig was a, a contest, and uh, I was um, what year was that? I I came in second place, um, and I sang a song called uh, "I'm Gonna Knock on Your Door" by uh, Donny Osmond. That was my first gig. Um, and then my second gig was uh, actually it started in a, in, a, in a nursing home. Why a nursing three- home? Um, we used to, in, a, in Australia, what we did is uh, the school band used to travel and uh, do shows for nursing homes. And uh, so they had the, the, the marching band, but then also uh, then there was... Uh, my my band that had a, a three piece. It was uh, me and a drummer and another guitarist, and uh, we used to go with them, you know. And uh, they let us play with them, so that's what we did. They they uh, we we performed and the marching band performed, and that was a good learning experience actually too. Mhm. And when did you start to make the transition from those sort of more amateur gigs to being more of a professional musician? Um, I would have to say probably at the uh, age of about 17 when I was living in Canada, um, playing in bars on a Sunday night when uh, it was like um, um underage uh, crowd. Like, you know, you, you play for teen nights and stuff like that. So that and what were, was some well, of the feedback you were getting from your listeners at that point? Oh, it was fantastic, you know. Well, you know, you get the attention, you know, you you, you get your band sounding really good, you know. And, um, uh, it was nice to see. And having the crowd singing with you, that was a, a great feeling. That's a great feeling, actually. And um, so your latest album is called Sugar and Cream, and the, there's a song on it called Pleasure to Have Met You. Is that, that's, that's your most recent single. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, and I have uh, the another single. Actually, that was my first single. My recent single was uh, "Picture of You and Me," which is a oh, song yes, about have, the armed forces. 
Yeah, well, I have both of them uploaded. Is there one of them you would like to hear right now, and then we'll play the other one later? Uh, sure, it's my pleasure to have met you. Okay, I'm playing Pleasure to have met you. Don't go away. Stay there, and I'll, I'll hopefully I can get it working, okay? Thank you. I can't help think about you and me And how we drive each other wild intentionally You whisper in my ear Pleasure to have met you dear Babe I must confess Can't get enough of you we Sit by the fire Overlooking the lake In a little cap A little hideaway You turn the radio on As we dance to a song called Was it when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah. I was probably about ten years old. And uh, like I said, it's uh, it's, it's uh, you know over the years you see what you've learned. I mean, I remember my first song, kind of you know, uh, it, it, it was a great song for me. But you know, nowadays it's so much different. It's it's uh, and the, the competition out there. But yeah, I, I've been writing since I was about ten. And um, what kind of songs? Are you hoping, like, what's the perfect song that you would love to write? Uh, the perfect song I would love to write. Well, um, just to give you an example, my I love writing stuff, uh, personal stuff, um, stuff that uh, songs that people can actually um, feel, um, and and there's a message in there that I, you know, 
Um, I like writing stuff that people can relate to. Um, so I write stuff about cancer. Um, like I have a song called I Miss You Baby. That's actually my favorite song in the in the album. Um, I don't have that, but can you tell us about it? What is, what is the um, what is the song about? Well, it's about uh, um, actually having a husband and wife. What happens is uh, uh, the 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 story behind that song was um, uh, wife goes to the doctor and the doctor uh, tells her she, she's got cancer. But of course, uh, and then she comes home and I'm in the kitchen. If you watch the video on YouTube, you see that she walks into the kitchen, and uh, I'm washing the dishes. But when she turns, when I turn around, she drops the purse on the floor. That means. Um, She's got some bad news. Next thing you know, um, she's passed away. And uh, then you, I, there's a child that I have to uh, take care of for the rest of, you know, my life. But it's a, it's a, part of that story is true. I've had a lot of friends that uh, I've had friends and family that have died with cancer, and uh, um, so yeah, it's um, it's a sad story, but it's it's. Uh, that song it was very hard to write because it was very very touching. Yeah. And do your fans talk about that song to you? Do you get emails or from people? It is or absolutely unbelievable how many people have contacted me about that song. People from all over the world. It it, it, uh, it actually blows my mind. Um, people I don't even know. Um, I've had uh, people tell me that the, the, some guy posted up. I've heard the song thirty times. I can't just couldn't get enough of it. Um, oh, wow. It, it, it's uh, yeah, it's my favorite song. It's a great song, I think, um, and it, it, I know it's touched people's hearts. And that's that's to me, that's what my writing is all about. It's about touching people's hearts and feeling that message. That's wonderful. Who are some of the musicians and artists who have inspired you along the way? Oh, uh, there's plenty. Um, I'm in Jim Croce. Uh, right now, it would be like, uh, would be someone like Jason Mraz. I really like. Um, I've always liked Steve Perry, um, but Jason Mraz is, is someone I really like too. Cheryl Crow. Um, uh, I also like uh, Phil Collins. You know, it, it uh, the, the list goes on. So much, so much talent out there that it uh, and uh, Tim McGraw's another. Um, There's it, plenty. It's plenty. It's just uh, like I said, it, the talent out there is amazing. And what about some non-musicians who've inspired you in your life? My mother and father. Um, I would have to say them. Um, I'm a very, uh, I'm a, a strong believer in God. So, uh, you know, um, that's, uh, that's another one that cries right there. But uh, I would have to also say people like, um, when I see uh, the general public, you know, like uh, being in the hospital when I was younger, um, I spent time in, a lot of time in hospital and seeing uh, uh, what's happening around me. You know, uh, kids sick, you know, or, or, or somebody that has cancer. Um, that stuff hits me really hard, and uh, I like to write about that. You know, picture of you and me is written about uh, the armed forces. You know, mm-hmm. um, so stuff like that. Really, I get inspired by stuff like that. Well, my my father was in the armed forces, so I that's. Uh... I was interested in that song, and um, you know, my husband Sabin, who's a sculptor, is is uh, has put a proposal forward to do this World War One memorial to honor 
you know, the men and women who served and, you know, and many men died in the, the world, the first world war, which was a hundred years ago, almost, or was going on a yeah. hundred years ago. So, um, well, should we listen to picture of you and me right now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, it's a, it's a great song. I love it. Is there anything you want to say to my listeners before I play it about the song? Yeah, about um, I, can, I can tell how that story came about. I thought about that story that was about having a, a uh, two teenagers, a 19-year-old boy and an 18-year-old girl, and the boy goes off to war, and he never comes back. It was their first love, and uh, that's what that song was written about. But the thing is, um, as I wrote it, then I, I realized, you know, um, there's a lot of mothers and fathers that go to war and don't come back. You know, and uh, I want to dedicate this song to the fallen and those who are still alive because we live in such great countries, free countries. And I think we tend to forget. You know, we take things for granted. We're sitting in a living room watching TV or whatnot, and uh, there's, there's all these people out there fighting for our freedom. So that's what that song was all about. Well, I like that. I, you know, was raised because I was raised in the military. I have a profound respect for men and women who serve in the military. So, all right, so hang on, and I'm going to play Picture of You and Me. Don't go anywhere. Thank you very much. A note on my front doorstep telling me you're leaving town. Got the call of duty and you must go. I'm a soldier, not a notebook. I gotta serve my country. Love you forever. Military talk to you about it? Uh, yes, I, um, I uh, actually I did do. I've had uh, the Canadian Armed Forces uh, send me. I send them the song, and actually they play it at a uh, at a place where they gather. The, the uh, spouses gather and the families gather at the, um, to. Um, they, they, there's a gathering place they go to, and uh, they just hang like the families hang out while the, 
the uh, their spouses are overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, they really like that. Yeah, um, I've played it at memorials and funerals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's it's a nice feeling. So, um, can you summarize some of the more important points of what you learned along the way as a singer and a performer and a songwriter? Well, I, um, it, it is amazing how the feeling you get, like I get when uh, when I see somebody um, feeling my song um, and they're trying to explain, um, like uh, I'll give you an example. For example, the, the song that I had, uh, I Miss You Baby, um, having somebody tell me that, uh, um, I just want to tell you my name is so-and-so and my husband passed away three years ago. And... Um, you brought feelings back. This song brought feelings back to me. Thank you very much. Um, it made me relive what happened, and it's painful. But um, I was also numb for all these three years, and then I heard this song. It really made me think. Um, wow. That song, yeah, that was uh, an amazing thing to hear. Um, I had another person tell me that their husband had passed away, and that uh, they heard this song. Actually, that, that was the one person that, Said that they heard that song 30 times and they passed it on to somebody. Mm. And uh, it says it puts tears in my eyes, but it's a good feeling. Um, because it brought a lot of memory, good memories back. So, you know, it, it, it's uh, when I see that, um, it, it feels fantastic. Um, what have I learned? I, I think it's a great feeling to, to share what you feel inside in some uh, and, uh, in, in any way. I do it through music. Some people do it to art, but I I, uh, I just write what I feel, and I write what people can relate to, hopefully. So you're okay. learning about the power of expression in art. Absolutely, absolutely. And the importance of the human element and human connection. It, it, uh, it, it is an amazing thing. It is an amazing thing. I, and, I, you know, for me, uh, I think music is a great uh, tool and uh, I think it's a great medicine because. Um, yeah, you said I have a a quote by you saying writing a hook or humming a melody is medicine. So what do you mean by that? Can you explain that? Uh, for me, for me, uh, when it comes to writing, um, um, you know, I could have a headache or whatnot. What I do is I'm not a I don't take pills, but what I do when I when I have a headache or I don't feel well, I go by the piano or by the guitar and sit there and write, um, and uh, everything seems to go away. Um, I don't know why, um, but it, it just does. And to me, it's my comfort zone. It's my it's my zone where nobody can be there. Nobody can be in that zone. Um, um, I'm, I'm there by myself, and it's it, it, it's so so fantastic. Um, and when I start writing, I just don't want to stop. So to me, it's very it's my it's my it's my medicine. It's my comfort. It's my zone out of this world. And what are some of the major challenges you faced in your work thus far? Uh, when it comes to my writing music? Um, and playing music and getting gigs, just the whole career, what are some of the challenges you faced? Well, I'll tell you, when I was younger, it was much harder to get your music on the radio. Um, that that was a big challenge. Um, you know, knocking on doors and the doors, are they won't open because of the fact that, you know, you're not a... a they won't accept unsolicited material, you know, uh, um, and, and try to get your music played in the, in, in the U.S. or in, in Australia 
were now with having all this uh, media and internet and their Facebook and all this, um, this is a fantastic thing because uh, my music is getting heard. I'm on your radio show. It's a great radio show, and you know you, you play my music, and it's being heard by so many many people. Um, so this is a great thing. Um, but I'm before when I was younger, you know, it was a little, it was quite a bit harder. I I think. Mhm. So my music is being heard, and that's a, that's a fantastic thing to hear and and, and feel. Billy, where can listeners find hear your music? I just want I had told the, uh, my listeners that when we started speaking that to go to your website billygrima.com, b i l l y g r i m a.com, but can you just tell my listeners again where they can find out more about you and where they can listen to your music? Oh, sure. So you can go to uh, um face uh, sorry, you can go to YouTube for one. There's uh, seven videos on there right now. Um so look up Billy Grima on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Reverb Nation, on iCloud, iTunes. Uh, you can contact me on Facebook. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, you got my website, which is www.billygrima.com. Okay. Um, and do you want to tell us about some of your upcoming events? Yes. Uh, so right now what we're doing is... Uh, well, I'm working on my fourth album right now, but uh, also we're uh, we just started playing down in Toronto, um, and we plan to head down to the U.S. in the in the near future, probably by March, uh, maybe April at the end, end end of April. We should be heading down to the U.S. And uh, yeah, where right are you now, playing just... in the U.S.? Do you have any gigs lined up here? <clears throat> we're actually we're trying to we're hooking, we're hooking up with, with some radio shows and uh, trying to see if we can maybe do some shows up in Philadelphia and in in the in that area, um, Buffalo, and uh, we'll see where it takes us. I would like to go back to Nashville if I can, uh, or Texas, because I, I played. I, I was uh, up in uh, Texas, Jefferson, Texas, and we played some uh, some music there. That was uh, midsummer, and I'd like to go back down there if I can and uh, see if I can do some shows in that area. And how have you had to think outside the box and think in unusual and unconventional ways in order to grow your career? Um, I uh, Well, let me see. If I had to say, because people say, when it comes to my music, I, I find it all, I, I think it's, uh, I'm trying to reach a crowd where, like, I guess by writing the stuff that I write, because people tell me um, that my music sounds unique. Um, it's not it's not rock. It's not country. I I call it I call it a country with flavor. Quite a bit of old town in it. Um, so when it comes to writing my music, that's how I I think. I, I just because I like a different genres of music. I put it together. I end up with what uh, my album. Um, as it comes to uh, so when it comes to creating, that's how I see it. It's, I try to be different, and I try to write about stuff that I. Things happen everyday everyday events, mm-hmm. and um, that's how I I I see my music. Uh, I've been told on several times that uh, occasions that my song my stuff was different, and uh, so yeah, I I, uh, I I tend to try and uh, be different when it comes to writing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, it, it it's uh. It's it's nice 
does that sound the same or sound like everybody else? Because, you know, I mean, when I'm, in my younger days, I think my writing has changed quite a bit because I, you know, I used to write a lot of, I guess, rock-oriented music. Um, as I got older, um, I found me writing more about what I feel, and uh, and that changed uh, my style of writing. Yes. And what are some of um, what have you found to be some of the best tools to help you on your path to being a successful singer, songwriter, musician? Well, I, I, I tell you, having someone like Michael Stover on my on my side, um, who has done a tremendous job, um, that took a load off my shoulder, and I, at the same time, I started getting my music out there. Um, now, doing my fourth album, I find me writing more in depth and uh, more personal stuff. And um, what I did, my first album, I, I wrote most of my songs on, on piano. Now I'm writing on guitar. Uh, on guitar, and uh, just to kind of change it up a bit. Mm-hmm. And I like writing, so I like to try and make things different all the time. So my probably my fourth album will be different too. Still personal. And do you have? But, uh, is there a theme to? You said your fourth album is very personal. Is there a theme to that? Is did you have someone in your life who died of cancer? Someone close to you? Um. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. It. it uh, what I what I I tend to do is uh, a lot of times is take pieces from one period of my life and then take another piece from a different period and put it together and make a story out of it. Um, that seems to work for me. Um, yeah, and, you know, if you have that special someone um, in your life too, it uh, sometimes it just comes easier. Yeah, because you can sit there and sing to them in a certain way, you know. Um so yeah, that's how I I, uh, I I take it. Yeah, um, my 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 I can't wait to release my fourth album now. But you know, I gotta get the sugar and cream off the ground first, and then uh, we'll mm-hmm. take this. Yeah, but it's it's a great feeling, and I I love. Uh, I, I think it's gonna be good. I can't wait. I really can't wait. Well, creative projects, I think they're kind of like children. You don't just have them; you gotta raise them. And so when you produce a creative project like a book or an album you know it's not enough just to put it out in the world and you've got to support it and nurture it as it kind of gets out into the world oh yeah definitely definitely it's uh it's a great thing yeah like you like you said you have to mold it your your way you know you you know just like when you have your children you have to teach them and guide them um, I, I think when it comes to mold, uh, creating, it's the same thing. It's like molding a, a sculpture. Or, you know, it, it's making it your own. And what has been your underlying motivation on your path? Um, motivation: uh, succeed and, and not give up. Um, I'm a um, when it comes to uh, not giving up and believing. It's always been my drive, believing in what I'm doing, and love the person that you are, and uh, just not giving up. I've, I've never, I've, I've always, like I said, I've had to, I've had to do nine operations in my head when I was younger, and you know, survival was always a, you know, always want to get better and get faster and, and get back to catch up, playing catch up with everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I think believing for me, and and not giving up, it was my my drive. 
And do you, what inside you doesn't let you get up, give up? Like, is there something inside you that just doesn't let you give up? Well, yeah, um, music is a part of me. Um, you know, um, so first thing I do it for me. That's what I do. Is I do it for me because I love to do it for me. Um, if I can take it farther, I'll, I'll try, and it's great. But um, it, it, it's something I can't get away from. I think if I didn't have music in my life, and you know, or if I tried to give it up, I think it would kill me. So, um, no, um, it, it's like I said, it's my comfort zone. It's my medicine. Um, I get great satisfaction out of writing, and uh, so I, that's something that's kind of stuck with me, like being part of my body. Mm-hmm. Like it's interwoven into the very fabric of your being. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And where do you see your work in five years, in ten years, in twenty years? Well, I uh, I tell you, it, I mean, I'd love to get a publishing deal. Uh, that's something I've always tried to. Uh, um, hopefully, uh, you know, end up doing that in the future. Um, being played on the radio, uh, you know, like shows like yours, being on, on shows like yours, um, um, touring and playing to a live crowd, uh, to an audience, it, it's a great feeling. Um, I just want to eat it and breathe it, basically, eat, breathe, and music. It's, uh, and so uh, is it about, like, doing big concerts in the United States and Australia and Canada? Is that kind of your vision? I, I, you know, it doesn't have to be the concerts. I love intimate concerts, little small concerts, you know, in a in a in a, in a theater, um, where you can actually feel, feel the crowd so close to you. Um, it could be anywhere. Um, I'll sing anywhere. Uh, it doesn't have to be in a in a big stadium or whatnot. It, it, uh, but uh, I'd love to travel and you know play around. It'd be great if I can go back to Australia and play. Um, do shows in the U.S. I think it's a great satisfaction for me to just uh, perform. Um, so doing tours in the U.S. and in Canada and just do that for uh, for uh, the rest of my life would be something I really would like to do. And are there have- three or four venues, like you really want to play in New York City at a blues bar or, you know, are there three or four venues that are kind of on your list of where you definitely want to play at at some point? Yeah, I uh, well, I'll, I'll give you uh, one. In, there's a one in uh, uh, one in Toronto that I'd like to play at Matthew Hall. A place called Matthew Hall in Toronto. Um, it's got very acoustic, nice, nice uh, acoustic sound. It's very intimate. The Saki Center in Perry Sound. Um, as when it comes to the U.S., I haven't played there except I've only played in uh, in Texas. Um, but I'd love to do like a more of a theater type uh, um, venue. Like I said, so where where people can actually you can feel so close to the people and the crowd. Um, I, the armed, I'd love to play in the armed forces bases. Actually, that's another place I like to play. Is I go to the mm-hmm. armed force bases and play there. Could be anywhere in the world, um, as I like to raise money. Um, so yeah, con- outdoor concerts. I love outdoor concerts too. Mm-hmm. I love to do fundraisers. So uh, some, something for cancer would be a great thing to do too. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. It'd be what a gift to people for you to do that, share your music that way. Yeah, you know, I, I believe in giving back, so I'm a. That would be a, an amazing thing to do. I love to give back because you know I've had my share of pain, like I said, you know, when I was younger. So I, I think giving back would be uh, a great thing to do. Sharing my music. 
And um, you talked about a strong belief in God. Do you want to just talk about that a little bit? You mentioned it. Yeah, you know, I um, having to do nine operations in my head, five times in a coma. Um, oh my God. Yeah, I'm grateful. So you know, um, and um, everybody believes uh, each to his own. But you know, I I believe in God, and uh, I I go to church on a regular basis. Um, that's something I believe in. But that's me, you know. Um, and uh, I've always well, had him in my life. I think your survival, you know, shows sort of some divine intervention. Absolutely. I, I yeah, absolutely. Um, I have had an, an outer body experience. Um, well, tell us about that if you don't mind. If it's not too personal, share that because that's kind of cool. Um, I was uh, in the hospital in the uh, in England. No, sorry, in Australia. And um, I just remember, uh, um, yeah, I was uh, asleep and I woke up and next thing you know, I feel like I was being lifted up, flat, and um, it. Uh, I, I I couldn't come down. I, I I just couldn't stop. I was I felt like I was being raised, and all of a sudden it just dropped, and it just I felt like uh, somebody told me it's not time yet. I don't know. Mm. Um, that was something that, uh, and I How remember running out to the nurses' station, uh, crying and screaming because I didn't know what happened. You know, being at and that ha- young age. Yeah. How old were you when you had that out of body experience? Uh, it's close to about almost fifteen. I was about fourteen. Yeah, that was in and Australia. Did, and do you talk about it with anyone? Uh, yes, I have actually. I've have, I have shared my experiences with uh, um, when we had concerts in church. You know, I've had uh, I've done concerts in church in church because I've I have a gospel album too. Um, and uh, you, you know, I consider myself very very lucky. And if if I had to relive my life over again, I would still want to go through that pain because it made me who I am today. That's um, amazing. It uh, it made me who I am today. I love, like I said, I, you have to love the person that you are. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't miss this. I, I would do it over again. You really so, would, even with all those operations. Yeah, um, absolutely. I've had uh, four operations in England. Three, two operations in Australia and three in Canada, but uh, I, I do it over again. You know, and it was hard on my parents, but I, I, I'd relive that because it made me stronger. Yeah, made me well, stronger. What do you think? Did it teach you anything else besides strength? Uh, not to give up. That was uh, not to be. Like I said, I'm being a strong believer. Um, you know it. It's a great feeling, you know, waking up every morning, uh, we're alive. It's a great day. Yeah, that's true. If you wake up in the morning, you've got a chance. It's a great day. You know, who doesn't have bills to pay and whatnot, right? But uh, right. it's a great day. You're you're alive. It's fantastic. So that's how I live. That's how I live. I live by taking every breath as your last. Live like there's no tomorrow. Treat people the way you want to be treated. And don't ever, uh, you know, take care of the hand that feeds you. Mm. That's what I live by. That's a wonderful philosophy. 
Thank you. Do, do you think you'll ever write any songs that have that philosophy, or do some of your gospel songs reflect that? Um, actually, yeah, they do. Um, and I also have a song called "Live Live uh, Living the Dream," which is uh, on the album, on the Sugar and Cream album. Actually, it's called "Living the Dream." It's a it's a happy song, mm-hmm. and uh, it actually says those words. Actually, it's like there's no, no tomorrow. Take your breath as your last. It's a it's a, it's a happy song. It's the seventh track, the seventh track on the Sugar and Cream album. So yeah. And what were uh, you thinking when you sat down to write that song? I was thinking for once. I was thinking about me. <laughs> the, the things I believe in. Um, I was sitting there and I said, you know, live like there's no tomorrow. Live like you live in the dream. Take every breath as your last. Um, it's all my words. It's what I live by. And what kind of response have you had uh, from your listeners about uh, that song? It, It's great because it's a, it's a it's an anthem song where everybody everybody sings with us. Uh, everybody seems to uh, sing with. Uh, it's a great song to sing with. So it's it's a great it's a great song. Um, it's a bit of a party. I don't want to say a party song, but it's a, it's a song that uh, uh, it's very catchy. So I. So I, if I you're if you're playing that in a set, will your audience people will start singing along with you? Oh, definitely. We have. Uh, I have. Um, when I, when we sing this song, we always get people singing with us. We stop the band, and we just uh, get the crowd singing. Yeah, they always the song is very catchy, and uh, um, they uh, people always, I always find people singing. So we kind of stop the band playing, and we get the crowd singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like it's called "Living the Dream." Well, I'll be sure to listen to it, and I encourage my listeners to hear it also. So tell me, how hard do you push yourself? Because you've you've survived some pretty extraordinary things, it sounds like, and you've had a lot of struggles in your life. So how hard do you push yourself in this career of yours? Um, I would have to say, I, I try and take it to the limit where, you know, if I can get it out there, I just want my music heard. So um, I, I, I do it all the time. Um, it's, a, it's a matter of trying to make it... Uh, get it out and get the message across and get people to hear it. Um, I do it all the time. I mean, if I'm if I'm driving, it's constantly on my mind. I'm constantly thinking about a hook, you know, or a lyric uh, or a melody um, all the time, like 24-7. Mm-hmm. It's something I can't give up. So... Uh, yeah, I I I tend to push it, and I write. You know, the thing is about, like I said, writing. Like earlier, we, I said I have a gospel album. I write about anything, so um, I just gotta f- figure out the mood that I'm in. Yeah. And is there a feeling you get in your body, like when you write a hook and you know it's a good one? Is there kind of a feeling you get in your body or in your heart when you just say, "Yeah, this is it"? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um. <coughs> Um, sometimes I find me smiling because I know the 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 line I just wrote or the lyric I just wrote um, it hit me and and you, when you know it's good you know um, um, you just get that feeling inside your heart um, when I wrote I Miss You Baby now that song was very hard to write and I could not stop writing it so when I say it was hard to write emotionally it was very hard to write I was crying Mm-hmm. I was blowing my eyes out, uh, you know, through, right through the song while I was writing the, the song, and I stopped, and I wiped my eyes, and uh, 
come back. I just want more. So uh, when it come, came to writing uh, "Miss You, Baby," um, I knew I knew it was a great song. Um, just because I was feeling it, I was so overwhelmed with that feeling. Um, well, I think your willingness to have that feeling, to feel that feeling, and pour that feeling into your music is what gives it such power for your listeners. Yes. Yeah, and I tell you, it's an, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing feeling. And it's, uh, it's a place to be. I absolutely, absolutely love it. So um, what do you do in your spare time? Or it sounds like you're completely obsessed, which is great. Uh, I live with someone who's obsessed with art, so I understand that. But what do you do when you're, you know, do you go to movies? What do you do in your spare time? I love peace and quiet. So I always I take, always take a walk in the bush uh, with my dog. Uh, we we uh, go down the Bruce Trail, and we, we can walk. You know, probably gone for a couple of hours at a time. Um, I love I love walking. I love nature. Mm-hmm. So that's where you find me. I'm uh, I'm more into the nature stuff. So I could you know go for a little drive in the middle of nowhere. Um, go see the sunset, sunrise. That's the kind of person I am. Um, that would be it. And well, I heard your dog barking. So what kind of dog do you have? I'm so sorry, but that, that's my golden. That's, that's my okay. that's my that's my best friend. Um, she's a golden doodle. She's actually on the cover of the album. Mm-hmm. And she's on my videos too, because you know she's part of me. She's like my shadow. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, her name is Sandy. And everybody, actually, I've gotten quite a few phone calls telling me, "Hey, I, I like your album cover, and I like your dog." Um, <laughs> it, uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, she's a golden doodle. And when did you get her? I've had her for twelve years. Wow. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, she uh, she uh, knows me very well. Actually, I come, I come home and uh, she brings my slippers. <laughs> it's an everyday thing. You know, I, when I go home, she brings my slippers. Oh, that's um, so cute. It's funny. Uh, she comes to greet me, goes back inside and gets my slippers. And I I, I, I didn't teach her that. She just did it on her own. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I guess after 12 years of uh, watching me or, you know, 10 years watching me putting my shoes on, on my slippers, and when I get home, she caught on. So it's, it's really cool. So she's a smart girl. Yeah, very smart. Yeah, she's very smart. Um, What's a fun I, I, the, fact? Another thing I do with my dog is funny. I have an apple tree in the back. Uh-huh. Oh, uh huh. Oh, I used to always get apples out of you know cut the apples get apples down. But uh, in the past probably four months, she's been. Uh, I say, you send to get me an apple. <laughs> she gets an apple off the tree. It's, it's really cool. Wow. Yeah, that was Does really she, cool. She, that can was she, she can yeah. jump up and grab it with her teeth. <laughs> she gets from the bottom. From the bottom. Oh, and if okay. she can't reach it, get them off the floor, off the ground. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's uh, it's funny. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing how smart they are. And what's yeah. a fun fact about you that people might not know? Well, I like to kid around a lot. I, I love joking around. I love, uh, do I love practical jokes? Maybe a little bit, yeah. But um, I'm, uh, I like joking around a lot. I, I All right, think, so uh, tell us one practical joke that you played. Um, I'm just trying to think now. Having uh, putting some glue on the on the on my uh, my my uh, kid's chair. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, my daughter's chair. Um, yeah, I get in trouble for that sometimes. 
maybe we take it a little too far sometimes, but it's a, it's a, I love laughing, and I, I think it's great. Um, so yeah, but we uh, we we do all, all kinds of stuff like that. We just have fun. It's it's about having fun and living life, and uh, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a nice feeling to uh, be happy. I think uh, it's a great way to live to to keep a smile on your face. There's there's quite a bit out there, like you know, like I said, having having to see. Uh, uh, people sick and whatnot, you know, it, it, or wars and whatnot. Um, I think it's, a, it's not to keep a smile on your face. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So we only have a couple minutes left. So can you just one more time tell my listeners where they can find you and hear your music? Just one more time before we end. Okay, thank you. Uh, so what, you can reach me well com. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, Reverb Nation, iTunes, YouTube. Um, um, you can, if you if you go through my uh, website, you can find a number and you can call me anytime. Um, iTunes, CD Baby is another one you can get my album. But uh, YouTube is a you can learn a lot about me and my music uh, through YouTube because it's uh, it's what I preach um, and what I live and, by. So. And uh, Grima is spelled G R I M A. Yes. Okay, so any last bits of wisdom you'd care to share with us? Because it sounds like you've had a really extraordinary life and you have an extraordinary gift in your music, um, your wonderful music. So is there any last bits of wisdom you'd like to share with us? Well, first of all, um, I'd like to thank you for having me on your show. Um, It's people like you that make things happen. Um, But I, I, I would have to say, live like there's no tomorrow. Be thankful, be grateful. And uh, you know, share my music if you can, and I hope you like it. And if you want to contact me at any time, it'd be great. Um, but yeah, uh, be positive and uh, enjoy life. Oh, that's wonderful, Billy. You've been amazing. Thank you so much. And we got a slow start, but thank you so much for hanging in there and for calling in and being a guest on the show. I'm really grateful. I I thank you very, very much for having me on your show once again. Okay. So uh, I'll hang up now. And to my listeners, I will say that was the wonderful and insightful Billy Grima. And um, I'd like to encourage listeners to go to www.billygrima.com and also YouTube to learn about Billy. And it's Grima is spelled G-R-I-M-A. So it was wonderful to have him on. And we we heard from Sabin Howard, my husband, who's a classical figurative sculptor, who presented his proposal with architect Joe Weishar um, to the World War One Memorial Committee yesterday. So that was really exciting. And I would like everyone to tune in next week at our regular time to hear author, lecturer, and Vedic astrologer Drew Lawrence talk about personal empowerment. And I think that'll be a really fun show. Thanks a bunch. See you next time. This has been Tracy L. Slatten on the Independent Artists and Thinkers Network. Thanks for joining us. Come back next week.